Welcome to Fast Lane with Sarah Jane, a podcast for women who are on the move, managing life and family. Your host, Sarah Jane, is building a tribe and talking about the things that affect the daily lives of moms. You can expect real conversations about managing chaos, finding ways to take care of mind and body, and stepping outside your comfort zone on the way to living your best life. Hold on for a wild ride. Now, let's get started. Today, I am meeting for the first time Casey Elmore, and I'm pretty excited because, of course, randomly, I found her on the internet. She had actually done a video with a chiropractor I had spoken to, and so I watched her video and looked her up, and here she's living this exotic lifestyle, and I was pumped. So I connected with her on Facebook, and I'm so excited we could finally connect to chat today. So welcome, Casey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love the power of the internet and just how it just brings like-minded people together. Yes, because we otherwise we never would have met. So there's so many things I want to ask, but I will say I liked what you stood for. So my goal is to help people live better, do better, be better in general, and you really fit the mold. But when I'm going through and watching your videos, we have more in common than I thought because you're a home birther. I am. Well, I shouldn't say I'm a home birther. I'm a natural birther in Illinois, where I'm originally from. It's a little bit more complicated to have home birth. So in a perfect world, if and when I decide and God gives us a fourth baby, that will be a home birth. But I have birthed all three children naturally, um, two in the water. I love it because I also did two home water births. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, we have more in common than I thought. Yeah, that's amazing. I just think it's, there's so many women that really want a whole birth experience and they don't really know what that looks like. And so I love hearing that other women are doing it and are just seeking it out and learning more about it because I just truly believe there's so much more of an abundant experience, like being completely in the natural state and getting to experience all of the feelings and all the thoughts through that. Because it's a lot. It's intense. It's a lot going on. It is a lot. It is a lot. But man, and it's crazy because each of one of my births was completely different. And I learned so much about myself through each one. So anyways, I just think that's really cool. I love it. Well, I'm glad we had that bond. So now you are quite the adventurer and you and your husband and three children live in your camper and you're traveling around the United States, correct? Yes. Well, I'm like, I think that you're my spirit animal because that just sounds like my absolute dream. So I want to know when did you come up with that idea? And I want to know how you made it happen. Yes. When we had our second child, so we have three kids, our oldest Brody is six. Kelly is our middle and he is four and Jovi is our youngest. She is two. And when Kelly was just over a year, we had traveled to Florida And uh, amongst the extra time I had because he really needed naps and I needed to stay back at the condo we were staying at, I came across a family that someone had mentioned. They found out that we were traveling for a few weeks and we worked from home full time remotely. And they had suggested, you need to go check out this family called the Bucketless Family. They've been traveling the world for the last couple of years and I just think you could do what they do. And so we started watching their YouTube journey and just completely were inspired. And so um, we decided with prayer and, and some professional um, wisdom and some wisdom from different people in our life that we would pursue traveling full-time as a family. And this was three years ago, this summer that we made that decision. 
And we didn't have our third child and we put our house on the market and it just sat on the market. It didn't move. And in the community where real estate was hot and our house was just not moving. And we just felt like that was God saying during that time, like, this is, it's not the time for you. You know, I know it's on your heart and I want the desires of your heart, but it's just not what I have for you right now. And so we were just patient. We continued down the path of um, building our business from home. We have an online wellness business that has just been such a financial blessing to us. It's allowed my husband to be able to walk away from his previous insurance job and pursue some other things. It, It freed us up. And so we caught the vision of living because of what we do and working from home. We caught the vision of like, well, how could we live our life? And it was our desire to travel that kind of kept pushing us on to keep going and to think outside the box. And so lo and behold, this past November, we were approached by a family that wanted to purchase our home, but it took until the end of March, literally right before COVID crazy is what I call it. COVID crazy Mm -hmm. um, happened that we were able to close on our home and take off full time, which allowed us obviously to have a third child and to like you said, you know, birth her the way that I wanted to birth her and gave us just kind of that first year adjustment to three because going from two to three kids is very different. You become outnumbered and it's zone defense. So adjusting to that was a blessing. And so, yeah, now we are full-time. Our intention, because we were inspired by the Bucket List family, was actually not to travel our, the U.S. first. It was actually to we sold our house. We sold everything. So our house, we have a small storage unit back in our hometown of just like memorabilia, some mountain bikes, things that we didn't want to get rid of, but we sold everything. We were living out of our our SUV and we traveled to California with the intention of kind of waiting out like a month or two and going overseas. Well, obviously that didn't happen and travel plans changed. So essentially, you know, we recognize our travel plans overseas were not going to happen anytime soon. And we always envisioned actually buying an Airstream. We got, we got really fascinated with the Airstream trailer and their history and how they were like the original travel trailer. We always envisioned buying one and renovating it, but we recognized having three kids that we weren't going to have that kind of time on our hands. So We were in California and literally my husband was searching on Facebook for like a used toy for our son and four miles away was the perfect Airstream scenario. It's, um, we live in a, what's called a 30 foot bunk Airstream. And it's basically, we were able to renovate it so that it had two bunk beds in the back where the original bunk beds would have been, but we made it so it was just more ideal for three young children. We also did a slight renovation in the kitchen where now we have like a full kitchen with prep space so that we can really function full time. We do it because we live a very healthy lifestyle. We do a lot of cooking, a lot of food prep, a lot of coffee, yummy coffee and smoothies. We're kind of like coffee snobs. So we do all the (laughs) things. And so, yeah, so now um, we have been full time in the Airstream. We kind of have been all over the country getting settled between driving to Denver, flying back to the Midwest, flying out to the West Coast. And I would say now it's been about one month that we've been in the Airstream full time, of course, in the midst of traveling and doing other things, but living this lifestyle essentially on the road out of the Airstream as a family of five plus our dog. Oh, and your dog. I didn't know that. And a dog. We have a a 55 pound um, mutt. She was a rescue. My husband and I first uh, adopted her whenever she was like, six weeks old when we lived in Texas when we first got married. So yeah, 
it's a busy house. <laughs> yeah. So then when you decide to do this and you sell everything, are you having an, an auction? Are you doing a rummage sale? Like how did you even get rid of, cause if you had a house, I'm, that's a lot of stuff in a house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we, um, it's interesting, we bought that home, we moved into that home. It was kind of like the dream home for us. Uh, it was well over 3000 square feet. It was a brand new home. Um, it was semi custom. It like checked off all the dream boxes that we wanted in a home, a big kitchen, you know, all the things. Right. And when you buy a big house, you fill it up. <laughs> and mm -hmm. now we, we definitely personally have always found ourselves to be minimalist in mind. So we filled it up for sure, but we tried to not be hoarders, <laughs> I guess you could say. And, <laughs> and we've learned over, over our experiences that life is not the things that you, that you collect, but the memories that you make. And so we definitely over that the past three years getting prepared to travel, we just slowly kept cleaning out the house. We had multiple garage sales. We finally had like a full outflows out garage sale in the middle of February in the Midwest, which I do not suggest to anybody because <laughs> it was cold, but that was kind of like the fight, you know, we had had multiple garage sales where of course, you know, we thought the house was going to sell with someone else. And then we sold some things we wish we wouldn't have sold and kind of played that game over the last three years, just getting the house prepared. But over that time, we really got to the point that we recognized two things that one, again, life is really the memories that you make. And that even though we were a family of five, always found that we were always in the same space. So even with 3000 square feet, mm -hmm. we always found ourselves literally within like 300 square feet of each other because the kids were just always around us. We were both home full time. The kids were not in of, of school age yet. And so, you know, really downsizing was something that happened over time. I would say the final two weeks was a little rough. We had no family, immediate family that was in the area to like help keep the kids all the time. I, I do have a brother that did help quite a bit at one point, but you know, we kind of soloed it and just made it happen. And I, gosh, I'm so grateful that we did. So how did your kids react to, because they must have gotten rid of a lot of their toys and, you know, their bed and how, how did they react to that? When we took off, because we were living out of an SUV, um, each of our boys at the time when we took off, they just turned six and four and they each got a backpack, a small backpack with toys in it. They got, to, you know, whatever they could fit in essentially is what they could take. But we kept reminding them that if it's too full and you can't zip it, or if it's too full and you can't carry it, then you have to get rid of some things. And just reiterating to them, you know, you know, the, the good times that we've had in, in the past on vacations and asking them, like, would you rather have more, you know, good times like that? Or would you rather have more toys? You know, what's more important to you? And just having those open conversations. And it's amazing. I think people um, don't give young children the benefit of the doubt. Kids are smart. They're so smart and they catch on. And when you just have open, authentic, authentic conversations with them, they get to really dig in and recognize what's, you know, most important to them. And we found that, yeah, like toys are, toys are important for them to be creative and to do that, but they don't need a lot of them mm -hmm. to function. And of course, now that we're in the Airstream, um, it d has allowed us to expand, you know, now we have like other things like Play-Doh and Magnetiles and coloring books. And so we've been able to expand that a bit, but you know, the first two months they were living out three months, really, they were living out of their backpack. And I think it just really allowed them to value and determine like what they really want rather than, uh, or what they really need versus what they really want. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I think has been super empowering as a, as a parent for our kids. So how did you go through your closet and decide what you're taking? Cause you probably had, had to get rid of a lot of stuff, right? Yes. Yes. So when we first envisioned three years ago that we wanted to travel, we knew that we would 
potentially be living out of suitcases. So we just, our, our vision also was to spend most to basically chase the weather. We always wanted to be chasing the sun. We are warm weather people. We love the ocean. We love to swim. And so we envisioned always chasing good weather. And so we researched the idea of what's called a capsule wardrobe, um, essentially having just a minimal amount of pieces that intertwine and interchange with each other. And so as uh, you know, today we are in Missoula, Montana, and there was this big cold front that came through. And so, you know, I do have some long leggings and I do have some sweaters, but most of our wardrobe honestly is like to go be out on the ocean in Florida and and live in the beach bum life. So we've had to kind of adjust and just really be wise and intentional about our clothes. And what it's really done for me as, as a woman, but also someone who really does love fashion is that I am super intentional. If I don't love it and I'm just like obsessed with it, I don't get it. Or if I have it and I look at it and I haven't wore it or had a function about it in the last 30 to 60 days, I get rid of it. And so it's really given me the opportunity to like embrace who I am as a, as a woman and what, you know, I really love is fashion and what fits for me um, versus like, you know, just following the next trend or getting something because another friend has it and it looks really cute on her. Um, so that's been, I think, just really encouraging. My husband is the same way. Actually, he really loves clothes. I remember when we first started dating, everyone was like, oh my gosh, your husband like potentially will take longer than you do to get ready sometimes. <laughs> like he just, he's very like metro in that way. He takes care. And I appreciate because he really respects his body. He takes care of himself. But that also means that he really loves clothes too. And so um, we've been able to just kind of dive in this journey together and it's just overflowed into how we dress our kids and how we, you know, have built their wardrobes too. Their wardrobes are super basic and functional, but they look good and they feel good and they love the clothes that they're in, you know, all the time. Of course they have some fun things. Both boys have a couple of costumes that they love to put on and like play pretend in. Um, so our daughter has like a little superhero uh, dress. So we're mindful that they're kids and they want to be creative and I'm not going to keep them from that, but helping them see that they don't need all of these clothes and all these different things and all these costumes. It's been really I think freeing to, again, like focus on the things that are really important and the things that we really, really love. Wow. So, okay. You sell your stuff, you sell your house, you're in a good place. I was telling my husband how you guys do this and he knows that I already have a crush on you because you're living what, (laughs) how many people would love to do. And he goes, I don't even know how that's possible. How does a person do that with insurance and all that kind of stuff? So how, you know, is that a concern? How did you work that out? Yeah, that's a great question. Our family lives an extremely holistic lifestyle. So when it comes to health insurance, life insurance, that kind of stuff, you know, we have found personally that we pay everything cash because we live a very preventative lifestyle. The company we do partner with provides amazing health insurance. And so we do have access to that. But we've just found that paying over the last few years, paying insurance premiums for literally healthy kids is just kind of ridiculous. And so we've always just lived with the perspective that if something catastrophic happened, that even because my husband actually did insurance sales for seven years pre our being home full-time together. And what we really learned through that is that even if basic health insurance is just to cover like prescriptions and doctor's visits and those things you can pay cash for and not spend near amount 
for the insurance premiums per, per year. Um, and if something catastrophic happened, basic health insurance doesn't cover that. And so that's what he did is he actually did, covered catastrophic things like accidents, heart, cancer. Um, and so we learned because of the lifestyle we live that if in fact, worst case scenario, an accident happened, our insurance wouldn't cover it to what, you know, the premiums we would pay out every year. So we actually don't carry basic health insurance, especially now that it's not required by the country, but we do have access to great health insurance if we needed it. We do have some basic, like we have a life insurance policy, you know, things like that. But it really came down to when you don't have a quote unquote home address, like how do you manage things? So over the last six months, we've kind of just been navigating that. I, we don't have a, an exact answer, but what we have learned for those that do travel full-time is there are great companies around the U.S. Um, specifically, there's one in Texas called, it's kind of funny, it's called the escapees, like you've escaped your like <laughs> old life kind of idea. And um, they provide uh, permanent address solutions. They provide the option for insurance if you need it and all that jazz. So we've been able to get you know the coverage for all of our, you know, for our vehicle and for our Airstream. Right now, our our home address is actually um, about to change. We have, we're anticipating having, being Texas residents, which is kind of cool because that's where we first got married. So that's our, our anticipation. So we will have like a PO box um, and whatnot for important things to get mailed to and have someone manage our mail for us. But ultimately, it's actually a lot easier than people think. I mean, it takes some navigating to figure out, but I think the biggest piece of it is simply like figuring out where your mail is going to go and how you're going to make a living because <laughs> you have to be able to make an income, you know, no matter how simple you live. And we do live a pretty simple life. We live it very adventurous, but we do, you know, live pretty simply. That being said, you know, we're grateful that we get to be able to work on our own hours, on our own time and raising three kids. And now our oldest is first grade. So we're really kind of digging into homeschooling. We've been able to just slowly integrate in the last six months of what that, you know, looks like as a big picture. Did you start homeschooling right away or did you just start on when you started your on the road? Yeah. So we, we love traveling <laughs> as you obviously see that. So when our oldest last year was approaching kindergarten, we decided not to put him in kindergarten and to essentially approach it homeschooling that we were going to keep him home during kindergarten. And just kind of, especially as we were hopeful, our house would sell, just kind of see how, you know, kindergarten went. And honestly, we realized how simple it is that you know, homeschooling is not what maybe what people are experiencing with remote schooling right now. Right. It is much more flexible. It is much more joyful. You know, it is, again, it's a learning curve because it's not something we've ever done before. But now that our son is approaching first grade, you know, we've kind of gotten a warm you know, kind of approach to it. But I know a lot of friends now that with everything with COVID and, and discerning if they want to put their kids in school or not, that I know a lot of friends that have, you know, gone from not, not homeschooling and they've got third graders or fifth graders or seventh graders and they're homeschooling now. And, and they've all said like, wow, I didn't realize it would be so much easier than like, it's so much easier than I thought it was. And and so much more enjoyable. So to answer your question, we did kind of dip our toes into the water last fall and kind of conveniently have just been able to continue on. I love it. I decided to homeschool this year because everyone said we'd end up online learning and I can't do that again. It was like one big argument. I was very miserable. Yeah. And I thought I equated that to homeschooling. So I thought, I don't know how people do this because it's nuts, but yeah, you know, it's night and day. 
it is night and day. And, and I, I just encourage people that are, you know, that are still, you know, there, cause there's a lot of the country that's still doing the remote from home schooling. And I agree with you. It's hard on the parents. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard on the kids because, you know, a lot of them need more one-on-one attention and it's, you don't get that same, you know, one-on-one attention over zoom meetings. And, and I've honestly, I've heard some crazy stories about these zoom meetings. So I know that that is a concern in a lot of parents back on mine. So my encouragement to people is that if it's such a stress and you are home, like I encourage you to look into homeschooling or look into a local co-op because there are lots of parents and areas that are coming, banding together and doing this. And the reality is that if it's not a good fit for you, you can change, you know, that's, that's kind of my encouragement to people that if homeschooling isn't a fit for you, you can change. If the remote schooling isn't fit for you, try homeschooling. You may love it, like you said, because ultimately there's no, I think there's no time better than now to consider looking into it and seeing if it's a fit for your family or not. I totally agree. So did you guys start a business together? No. Well, (laughs) kind of, sort of. We partnered with a whole food nutritional company nine years ago. We started eating their products and embracing the marketing plan, but we didn't really catch a vision of what it could do financially for us or what we would be able to do with it. And so this was when we lived in Texas. Two years later, we moved home with the intention of like settling down. Home is Illinois for us. And we opened a CrossFit gym together. And what we learned through that time, as much as you know, we had so much growth personally from it and had a blast and had an amazing community, we learned that we wanted to have a business together But having a brick and mortar like that took so much of our time, so much of our energy. And we were just having our first child that we were like, how are we going to do this? And Jesse was still traveling with his insurance job. His job took him on the road often. And so that's when we kind of took a step back and saw this nutraceutical business that we had been partnered with for a couple of years as an option to kind of come together. But to initially start, it was really me digging in. Our life was chaotic. We still had the gym. Jesse was traveling. Our son was approaching uh, being born. And we kind of just went all in where our life was consumed by those four things, like a newborn, starting a business from home, the brick and mortar, and Jesse traveling. And we did that for the next 10 months. And really what we were able to do is to his traveling business brought in a residual income. Well, I should say passive income, essentially, where he built that income up. And now we have that income coming in um, where he doesn't have to work that job anymore to still get paid that way. So he, we have that income coming from his previous business. And that was our intention was to build it to a point that he could walk away from it and still be able to bring in that passive income. And then we brought in this residual income, which is different. People don't really know the difference between residual and passive income, but passive is something that you've built. You don't have to touch anymore. Residual is something that you can build and you can walk away from if you need to for a bit or maybe not have to put as much energy into. And that's what we have done as well as we have this residual income through our online wellness and nutraceutical franchise where we've been able to build it to a point that between our previously primary income with the insurance business to now our wellness business, that that is what provides us income to be home full-time. So now what that picture looks like is that we kind of take turns. Like there are some seasons where I am more actively involved in the business because I've been in the business longer. And there are some seasons where Jesse is really stepping in and doing some mentoring and helping getting on calls and whatnot. So it definitely is a balance of raising three kids and homeschooling and getting things done outside of work, but it's a total team effort. You know, we have found that 
having a business together isn't just having a business together because we're home together 24 seven. Like it's managing the kids, cooking food, taking care of our life outside of, you know, the income stuff. So now it's consistently finding a flow. So this week we're in Missoula, Montana, and we're stationary for the week. And we're getting a lot of like quote unquote projects done in our life that we need to get done, but also some business stuff that requires kind of being stationary for five days that allows us to just get some flow, get the kids some, you know, sit down schoolwork. The previous five days we were off grid, you know, just being intentional with the family, weren't doing anything business wise or project wise. So our our season of life with business and the family is definitely an ebb and flow. Um, It's never the same, but I kind of love that because I've learned personally for our family that we love spontaneity and consistency gets a little boring. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes any sense. Yeah. So what what have you found? Because I watched one day and your rug had been stolen from outside of your camper. What what's the biggest challenges that you have found doing this? Yeah. So um, you know, we had the rug stolen and this past weekend my my husband had a um a really um nice travel glass mug that broke. And I would say one of the biggest challenges has not only for ourselves but also for the kids is just to really, you know, instill in each other that the things are not the things to be worried about. Like in this life, you know, things are going to come and go in seasons and to just embrace, you know, when an accident happens, it's just an accident. We can move on from it. We're all healthy and safe. Or if something's stolen from us, we still have our health. We're all together. We're all safe. So I think just embracing that mentality, you know, even in the thick of life, you know, keeping that joy and gratitude because we are getting to do something that is just really special. But even if we weren't, we've been able to build a life around what we want to do and what and the time that we get to spend together. So just keeping that mindset, even in the thick of the hard times. Um, and then I would say the other side of it is finding the balance of getting work done. You know, we're in a very small space. I don't even know if we have 300 square feet, maybe. So finding the balance of making sure that Jesse and I have intentional time together. We have intentional time with the kids. We're giving one-on-one time with the kids because it's really easy for all five of us to be together and the kids not getting, you know, enough one-on-one attention. So just being mindful of that, I would definitely say that's like the second biggest obstacle. And the third obstacle is just consistent access to Wi-Fi and making sure we're super conscious of that because we do work online, all of our businesses online. And so while it is nice to, you know, to check out for five days, you know, if I've got business calls or Jesse's got some calls or we've got, you know, meetings together, we have to make sure we have internet and and mostly we can do all of it from our phone. So for example, uh, we were off grid over the weekend and we had one call that was scheduled. Um, we decided to stay an extra day off grid, but we had a call scheduled. And so we had to drive 30 minutes to a park so the kids could play, but we did our call. We took dinner with us. The kids ate. It was so fun. And then we went back off grid. So finding that balance and being mindful of that and just, I think, also being really conscious of planning our calendar has been really hard because it requires discipline. And like I said, we love spontaneity. So um, trying to be more disciplined on our spontaneous personalities has been really, really challenging, but also really good for us. I love it. And I know I'm jumping around a little bit because I have a list of questions, but as you speak, yeah. 
think of other things. So with you guys living your healthy lifestyle and cooking most of your food, do you ever eat out or are you eating in all the time? Or is there a special treat? I did see you were having a delicious huckleberry margarita one day and I was, <laughs> and that looked pretty good. So what, what's, what's your balance with eating out versus eating in? Yeah. So we really preach living a life of abundant health. And to us, what we've learned, you know, over the last nine years of living this life is that you can't live a life of deprivation. And so, especially living a life on the road, like sometimes there are going to be days where, you know, if you're not prepared that you're going to eat out. So we have become super mindful of, you know, today, for example, Jesse was, we have one leftover meal. We've got a couple meals potentially we can cook, but Jesse grabbed four new meals out of a cookbook that we have. And so we're going to have to go to the store this week. But last week as we were off grid and didn't, you know, we, we can live off solar, but we're still kind of limited in some of the things we can do. And if we're living off grid also means we have to be mindful of the amount of water that we use. So when we're living off grid, if there's like a small town nearby or, or even within driving distance, we'll go in and we'll go eat a meal. We came out of Glacier over our last five day, you know, out of town stay. And we came out of Glacier and we were starving. We had no food. And there was a little like, on the side of the road, like Mexican food truck. And so we stopped off there and we ate that and we ate some things that were totally out of the norm for us. We don't consume dairy on a regular basis. So we had like cheese quesadillas and um, there was cheese in my burrito. So we've definitely found it's important to just that when we are at home and we can cook that we eat really well. And then the other bit amount of time, you know, when we go out to eat, we've kind of learned how to order off menus and, and to eat well as well. But I love food. So, you know, I'm going to have a huckleberry margarita. I love donuts. I'm going to have a donut. Actually, as we're here in Montana, I've still said to my husband, I've still not had a huckleberry shake and I will have one um, before we leave this state. So we definitely do eat out. You know, we have to be mindful that when we're on the road, we're driving four or five hours that we're potentially going to have to, but just trying to be prepared and mindful of the travel ahead really helps us, you know, discern where we're going to eat out or when we're going to eat out. And also because we have done a lot of traveling in the past, we've also learned how to navigate eating out and how to search ahead of time. Um, you know, we do a lot of Google map pre-searching. If we know the town we're going to go to, like keywords I'll search are like organic food, vegan food. Uh, if we're looking for a good coffee shop, organic coffee, we always try to use the word organic. It really does help narrow down, like you get kind of like out of the Taco Bells and the McDonald's, you get more intentional food place, food bots. And we were able to find, you know, just on a whim, actually, we came out of Glacier and we were coming down here to, to Missoula, which is only like two hours, but we decided not to cook breakfast and we were going to eat in a small town on the way here. We got to the place and they were closed. It was Labor Day and they were closed. And so we were able to be spontaneous and pivot and I was able to get on Google maps and search and we found a really cute bakery that totally like fit the bill. And yeah, so we definitely do both. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic to like ever tell someone as a health practitioner, you know, my, my background being in health coaching and preventative health. I don't think it's realistic to say that someone's never going to eat out or they shouldn't eat out because there are plenty of options. I also don't believe in a life of deprivation because it causes a really unhealthy relationship with food as I have personally experienced previously. And so helping people find a balance and living that 80-20 lifestyle, including eating out, we have just found to be super important. 
So what did you make the other day? It looked like a cookie or a scone with berries. What was that? I'm trying to think of what I made the other day. I made, oh gosh. Oh, I know what it was. It was baked blueberry oatmeal. And then I drizzled a, and it was gluten-free, dairy-free. It's actually a really cute cookbook called Dirty Gourmet. And it's kind of meant for camping, but it totally transitions to, you know, our lifestyle still. You can totally cook it anywhere. You can cook this way. But all these recipes are gluten-free, dairy-free, which is kind of the lifestyle we live. And so it was a baked blueberry oatmeal. And then I decided to use a can of coconut milk and drizzle that over the top. It was so good. Was so good because I I showed uh, my husband. I said, "This is who I'm talking to tomorrow." I was excited, and he goes, "I don't know what that those cookies are, but they look good." And I said, "I <laughs> they're not cookies because yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah." It was a baked oatmeal that we basically took and cut like a chunk out, put it in a bowl, drizzled some coconut uh, cream on, layered another one, did it again. Um, yeah, it was. So good. Dirty Gourmet. I am obsessed with them. I am not a spokesperson for their cookbook, but I'm a believer. Well, I'm going to look that up. Did yeah. you always been super healthy? And and I, and I say health, not in a good term. I am a chiropractor. Yeah. I'm gluten-free. I have celiac. My kids are all gluten-free. And I'm extreme in a lot of things, which is fine. But have you always been this way since you were young? Is this something that you took on when you were older? Yeah. No, I have not always been this way. I, I will say that I was really blessed that my mom was stay at home for the most part of my youth. And so she did a lot of cooking, but there was also a lot of processed food in that cooking. I mean, I grew up on Fruit Loops and all of those things, but so I was an athlete growing up. I played soccer all the way from my youth through college. Um, and I played at a high level and I had a lot of success. My husband even played professional for a few years post his college um, time. And Really what both of us experienced is that while we were successful athletes, that doesn't attribute, that doesn't mean that you are healthy just because you're physically fit does not mean you are what we call nutritionally fit. And we had a lot of chronic health issues where, you know, I was in and out of the doctor's office four or five plus times a year. I had walking pneumonia in junior high, had shingles in high school. I had, um, I got diagnosed with asthma my freshman year in college. I had um, a herniated disc. I'd had back surgery. So like my body was just constantly broken down and my husband struggled from same chronic illness. His, his professional career was honestly ended because he had a chronic injury that would not heal and he had horrible allergies. And so when we first got married, we had been dating for some years, but we still had these health issues. We got married. We moved to Austin, Texas, which is a very like forward thinking community around health. And we were really fortunate that we went to Whole Foods for the first time. Literally the first time in our life. This was nine years ago, nine and a half years ago, we went to Whole Foods for the first time. And it was like a mind-blowing experience. And we came across, so you talk about extremes, we came across this lifestyle called um, the Engine 2 Diet. And it's a very hardcore vegan lifestyle, no oils, no processed foods, no meat. We did that for 30 days. And in the midst of that, we also cut out, I actually kind of started getting into bodybuilding. So again, talking extremes. And I found that I was hungry all the time. I was cranky. I was just not a nice person. And I, and I realized like, I am depriving myself of some massive nutrition. And that is when we actually decided to kind of get away from supplements. You know, being athletes, we were hugely exposed to the supplement world. I would say we were like GNC's, you know, next best customer. And we came across these whole food nutraceuticals. And this is a company we partner with. And we 
started eating them. And it, then we became mindful of like, well, if we're eating more plants in this way through these capsules and these plant-based shakes, we were cutting, we were cutting out dairy because we were, because we stopped doing like casein and whey protein shakes. And we were doing plant-based ones and we're like, man, like, what would it look like if we you know, took this to another level. So that's what, when the engine two came across because it was very widely uh, promoted at this whole foods because the engine two was also born out of Austin, Texas, as this whole foods location was, we did that for 30 days and we felt amazing. Like it was unbelievable, but we recognized two things that one, this was not a sustainable lifestyle. It was so extreme that it was, wasn't something that, because I love donuts still. Like I love margaritas. Like I needed to find a balance. We also found that we functioned well with some sort of animal protein intake, not a lot, but but definitely some. And so over the last nine years, since we started this journey, what we have been able to experience by finding the balance of, like you said, like we are primarily gluten-free. We do do it here and there. We don't have celiac or Crohn's, you know, extreme aversion to gluten, but I am mindful it's still inflammatory. And so um, in nature, and so we don't consume a lot of it. We are dairy-free. We definitely notice we cannot do dairy well or often. And then we really, our lifestyle is focused just like lots of plants, build your life around plants and then add the other things around it. And so over the last nine years, you know, we have been able, I, I haven't been to a sick doctor's visit in the last like eight years. I've not been sick. I've not been on a prescription. My, my husband no longer takes a daily allergy med. I'm no longer on my asthma medication. Um, my kids, they've never been to a sick doctor's visit. They've never been on an antibiotic. And I think that just, you know, it goes to show like, you know, the body can heal itself. Like the first, you know, 24 years of my life, I wasn't exactly the healthiest person, but over, I say it, you know, I'll be 33 in October and I am the healthiest version of myself than I was even at my peak fitness in college. And I even remember there was a, there was a pivotal moment in my college career. I was a senior and I was really fit. And I remember one of my teammates saying, wow, Casey, you look really good. Like, what have you been doing all summer? And I think back to that summer and I was so keyed in on my nutrition, like, and I never, I never thought about it. I was just like, yeah, cool. Great. Thanks. You know, I'm fit, but I never thought about how much I keyed in on my nutrition and I was eating more mindfully and I was eating more whole foods. I never thought about it that way. And now I see that, you know, here 11 years later that, you know, because I have built a lifestyle around preventative health, I I don't have the health issues and concerns that I once had and neither does my husband and neither are kids and we're just hopeful that and because of that also I will also add that we've been able to impact so many people in our lives like our our immediate family is healthier our clientele of course and our community is healthier but it's been really cool that I get to think about the next generation of our family coming up and being healthier and how that will continue to pay forward for generations to come uh I love it I love it, love it, love it. I just want to give you a big hug because I just, I'm enjoying this <laughs> your energy. Thank you. I know. Thank you. I know this has been so great. I'm so glad that we connected. Me too. Now, where are you guys headed to after Missoula? Okay, so we are making our way back to the Midwest. We'll be back in the Midwest. The Midwest in the fall are beautiful pumpkin farms, bonfires, all the things, sweaters. I mean, I still, as much as I love to chase the sun, I still love the seasons. (laughs) And so um, we will be making our way back to the Midwest. Um, We're going through Yellowstone. We're going to go through the Badlands. We're going to do like Custer, like Custer's Last Stand. 
we're going to do all that um, and then make our way back to the Midwest. And then going into the fall and into the winter, we'll be making our way down to the ocean where my heart lies. <laughs> so here, my last, I was going to ask this earlier and I forgot. So what, what about the things like scrapbooks or stuff you got from your grandma? Like, are, is that stuff that you parted with or is that stuff you kept? How big is the storage unit? Yeah, so we have a 10 by 10 storage unit, which at this point we've actually like cleared out a lot of it since, you know, a lot of the stuff we were storing was like kitchen utensils, things that we kind of, you know, when we, we've learned through our health journey that we invested in really nice. So like we had Cutco knives and a Vitamix and a really nice like instant pot. So things that we weren't willing, like we could, we knew we wouldn't get the value back. Mm-hmm. like trying to sell them out. Right. So those are things that we stored. So now the unit is like half empty and it is like, it's honestly all that's there is I have a box of um, silver from my, from my Nana and my great Nana um, and of like different, like silver, like plates and whatnot. I've got a box. My husband and I both have like a box of trophies from our youth and scrapbooks and that kind of stuff. So now the, you know, the unit honestly is like halfway empty. And our intention is when we go back to the Midwest is potentially downsize to more like maybe a five, but actually I think we're in a 10 by 20 and we want to downsize to either a 10 by 10 or, or a, a 10 by five. So yeah, that's our plans. You know, when we get back down to the Midwest. And then when international travel opens, are you gone? Gone. Passports are here. We just got them like two weeks ago, actually, right before we left, literally all three of our kids have passports now. So uh, right now, I think there's actually 12 countries technically that we could uh, travel to, but we decided since we have the Airstream, we were going to spend the rest of the year in the U.S. and kind of just wait to see how, you know, the COVID climate plays out going into the new year. Because the last thing we want to do is like jump the gun and end up in a country and things go crazy again. So we want to make sure that the climate of the world is just in a better or positive place before we take off. And where will you go first of all? When you leave? Oh, that is a great question. We are big soccer people. So our original intention was to get over to Europe and to be, we're we're big soccer people, but we're also diehard, especially my husband, Liverpool fans. And so our intention was to get over to the UK and to get to watch some live games. And obviously again, chasing the sun. So if the, if when we decide to take off, if it's not warm enough there, we'll figure out a better route to get there. So that is a priority on our list. Australia and New Zealand and Japan are a big priority. We actually, that was our original plan was to get to Tokyo this summer and to go to the the summer Olympics. So, you know, next year, ideally the route will include Europe for some Liverpool games and Tokyo for the Olympics and then other places just kind of in between. Are you going to sell the Airstream or you're going to keep it? We're going to keep it. This baby is ours forever. She has a name and she is a she. She's a badass. Excuse my language, but she is. And, and I don't, and I also, I say that I don't use curse words very much at all, but (laughs) that's just the best way to explain her because she's amazing. But she has a name. Her name is Alpie, which Alpie comes from our, um, our family brand, which is the abundant life project. We have a YouTube channel. We're on Instagram. So where we're, we're, um, you know, journaling our life. We have a few episodes on our YouTube, but since we kind of got stationary, we stopped making them. My husband actually is starting to edit them again. So we should have a couple coming out in the next month or two. And then, but Alpi, so ALP abundant life project, all of the, all of our family members, our kids and ourselves, all of our names are five letters and they all end in the E sound. So it's Jesse, Casey, Brody, Kelly, Jovi. 
And so we decided that it couldn't just be Alp. Our, our Airstream couldn't just be Alp. It had to be Alpi. So it's A-L-P-I-E. So it just kind of worked out that way. And the kids love it. Like we all, the kids got to vote on it and they were like, it has to be Alpi. So, so we will keep Alpi forever. I don't think we'll ever sell her. I think no matter what our life looks like down the road that we will plan to land her somewhere so that we can either rent her out or have her as like a guest quarters. But we just have put a lot of heart and soul into her. So we're not going to get rid of her. I think that's awesome. And we all have four letter names. So this is the first time I've ever spoken to someone that's like, we all have five letters and we have, we yes. all have so it's a thing. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I'm not, I'm not crazy is what you're saying, right? No. Other awesome people out there. <laughs> yes. We're just enthusiastic. <laughs> yes, completely. <laughs> All right. Well, you will get back to living your best life and I'm going to continue following you. We're going to put your links up so people can follow you and watch what a great life you're living. And you're not, you're not just living a great life. You're contributing to other people's lives. And just gave me goosebumps saying that because you're doing great things and people are watching and people are learning and it's, it's just really great. Casey. Thank you so much, Sarah. That's so kind. And I can, you know, in a world that is full of a lot of just hate and uncertainty and negativity right now. Like I am just so grateful again that you've asked me to get on here because you are doing the same. You're contributing, you're making the world a better place. And there definitely needs to be more people like you and I that just desire to to bring more positive energy to the world and to make a bigger impact. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. God bless you and your family. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.